This live outside broadcast of The Wine Show from the King Valley is proudly brought to you by Tourism Northeast and Pizzini Wines on 96.5 Inner FM. Welcome back to The Wine Show. You've got Simon Nash and Nick Montague, and we're joined by Nathan Munt from King River Brewing. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Nice to see you. Oh, it's, it's wonderful to be able to finish with a cleansing ale. <laughs> well, they, they do say there is a lot of beer consumed... Uh, there's a lot of beer consumed um, to make wi- in making wine. Absolutely. So the winemakers love it yep. at, the end of, at the end of a day. Uh, so, Nathan, tell us, you've, got, um, you've, you've brought some beers for us to have a look at, uh, and we, we dropped into the, uh, the brewery yesterday, and your father-in-law does some awesome um, pizzas, wood-fired yep. pizzas. Yeah, we're very lucky there. Well, he's a bit of a hand on the, on the pizza oven, has a very special uh, recipe he's got for his dough that mm-hmm. he won't share with anyone. In fact, his daughter's only gleaned it off him in the last six months so that uh, if something does happen to him, we can <laughs> continue to make the pizzas. But uh, they're a, um, a pretty good sort of showcase to have with beer. Everybody likes beer and pizza, and mm. um, it's very much a family operation in the sense that the father-in-law's making the pizzas and yep. me and my wife are running the business. So, so tell us how it, how it came to be and... Uh, and you know, how you, how you came to be in the, in the King Valley? Yeah, so my wife grew up there. The property where we have the brewery is actually, um, was their family property, an yep. old tobacco farm. Um, Wally, my father-in-law, has built a wood-fired pizza oven restaurant into the old uh, tobacco kiln, which is uh, where our tap room now is. I've uh, been playing with beer for about 10 years or so uh, down in Melbourne and thinking of opening up something there. But from a family perspective, I, I really like the country and we've mm. sort of been looking around and Brianna didn't know whether she was going to move back to the King Valley again or we'd move somewhere else and um, uh, they, the pizza oven restaurant sort of shut down uh, and we saw that as a great opportunity to uh, open something in a beautiful area, obviously replete mm. with amazing wineries and uh, great food, local produce um, like Gamsey who you've just had on mm. um, uh, in this area. To me it just resonated with a great place to have um, uh, a, a craft on, brewery. Right. That was, it, it's a great feel, isn't it, in the, in the, uh, you know, in the actual restaurant area it just complements everything else so well in, in the area so um you must get yeah. busy in summer oh we do we um we can get busy on and off in, in winter as well but not being on the snow road i guess um uh, we're a little bit quieter but in summer it gets super busy uh, it's it's mainly um uh, local tourism but also uh, melbourne or burudonga shepparton um but yeah we highly recommend that people call and book in advance <laughs> because we can uh, particularly with the current restrictions mm. um, but uh, even without them in summer uh, we're pretty much um, from Friday to Sunday book solid so book solid, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you have at times you have music on and yeah so um, the, the the tap room is a, is a venue we try to keep it pretty low key it's a really good family uh, mm. environment for the larger weekends we'll, we'll bring in local artists um, and have live music on yeah. um, for most public holiday weekends that would normally constitute the Saturday and the Sunday um, and outside of that, we'll we'll also have irregular events. We'll have a uh, Oktoberfest themed uh, oh, yeah, event uh, at the end of October, um, which we call Muntoberfest, which is obviously a <laughs> bit of a take on on our, our surname. Yeah. Um, but we make a special beer for. We managed to have one of those events before COVID struck, and uh, yeah, we try to keep things uh, a little bit interesting for people when they come through. Something different should be on. Yeah. So did it start as a hobby for you when you first started? Oh, absolutely, beer? absolutely. I, I love wine. Um, uh, wine got me into beer. Um, I was a uh, would only drink very nice wine basically, and uh, was always on the lookout for a beer that would be different. You know, that that was um, more elegant and and complex. Um, and ran into Belgian beers, which I uh, to this day still find incredibly amazing, and it is really where my passion 
um, uh, lies. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I found this beer called, uh, uh, it's a Canadian beer uh, that's brewed as a true Belgian beer. And I just went, oh my God, this beer is amazing. Where in Belgium is this beer? Mm. And found out it was in Canada and thought, hang on, but terroir, you can't just brew Belgian beer in Canada, surely. Uh, turns out you can, and that, that sparked my interest. All right, let's let's dig into this, and then let's start experimenting with yeah. ingredients and flavours. And before you know it, our garage had turned into a small operation brewery in Melbourne, and um, uh, not commercial one, but I pretty much put put a lot of money and effort into it. Yeah. And we realised pretty quickly within a year that um, it's something that I probably would end up doing. Yep. And uh, yeah, so then we went education and all the rest of it. But What's yeah. the distinction with making Belgian beer as opposed to the so um, I think the main distinction originally. Now I think the, you know, 15 years on from when this was a major interest to me, uh, the world of beer has become a lot uh, uh, larger and diverse. Uh, but back then it was basically Belgian beers are, are beers that don't have to fit the model of just uh, water malt, barley, uh, sorry, water malt, yeast, and hops. Uh, you can add other things like coriander and spices, and there's this uh, just this idea that you can you can have whatever you need in the beer to make those amazing flavours. Yep. So you're not limited to just making straight down the line beer. So I think that's what interested me originally. Now my main passion is about getting the most out of um, uh, the ingredients that I use, the malt and, and the hops and the yeast, um, uh, and trying not to add anything if I can and understand that you can get a lot of the flavours from the yeast. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And are you using Australian yeast? Sorry, Nick. That's um, so uh, yeah, so I try to keep everything as local as possible. Um, uh, there is an Australian company that uh, uh, cultivates the yeast that I like to use. I'm very specific about the yeast varieties. I tend to not go to a sachet easy uh, yeast thing. I get liquid cultures um, mm -hmm. that generally had been imported from the states. Um, there is a company that I've worked with once and will continu continue working with in the in the near future to get my yeast from, which makes it Australian yeast, but it will be yeast that has been cultivated from small breweries around the world. Like my triple Belgian triple yeast is from um, from the West Small Brewery in Belgium, for example. Right. Uh, I was I was interested about the higher ABVs you get out of the Belgian stuff. Is that just because it can hold it, or is it part of the process of making? Well, it, it's. I guess it, um, alcohol is one of those things, it's a bit like sugar, you know, when there's more of it, you tend to enjoy it a little bit more. So I think that's really kind of where the basis of the higher ABV comes from. You use a lot more ingredients when you go for those higher ABVs too, which gives you a lot more room to play with complexities. So I think that's where those Belgian beers really shine, is the complex nature of them. You can put more ingredients in to um, create that complex character. Yeah. Um, you, Nick, you were talking yesterday about a beer that's on there from Cologne. And oh, yes. there was the discussion around the Kirsch. Yes. I better be careful here. <laughs> I better be careful here. So Kirsch, or Kirsch, however you say it uh, correctly, is uh, yeah, from Cologne and, and has yeah. uh, one of those geographic rights uh, assigned to it that you can't make Kirsch and uh, enter it into competition, particularly in Europe, uh, unless it's brewed in, in Cologne. Mm -hmm. um, the yeast that I get is sourced from uh, a brewery in Cologne, um, so it's a pure, proper Kirsch strain, but I use malts that are from Australia. And obviously our water's beautiful water from up here in King Valley. So yeah. it's stacked up very well against the, the real German stuff. So and then, but then there was those. another one, wasn't there? Uh, the Dusseldorf Altbier. Yeah. Yes. And so some some you know fanatics would say you can't even have those two. Yeah, the I, same. I think just a regular German who was either from Dusseldorf or from Cologne, they don't need to be fanatics. It's just how it is. Right. You should not have the two beers in the same venue because you're either drinking Altbier or you're drinking Kulsch. Uh, so yeah, I've had quite a few uh, Germans come through who love yeah. my beer lineup because it is very European. Yeah. Um, uh, will point that out to me almost immediately. It's <laughs> the first thing they seem to notice. Uh, but uh, good feedback on all of them, so that's the main thing. Yeah, so it's a Carlton Collingwood thing. Really. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. 
and you do get plenty of Germans. I mean, they love they love to travel, right? Well, obviously not at the moment, but yeah. um, not to Australia anyway. But, um, well, there's a lot in Australia too. Yeah, there's a lot here already. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to crack one of those cans and show us something. Yeah, we'll, sure. We've got well, a glass here. So I brought a, um, a fairly broad range, but the thing that I'd like to talk about is the local area. Mm-hmm. So we're really lucky up here in northeast Victoria, probably not known by um, a, a lot of your listeners, is that... Uh, hop growing in northeast Victoria. It's the largest area uh, within Australia. Um, so Tasmania would probably be the second largest. Mm-hmm. We have a hop grower um, called Ellerslie Hops just in the Myrie Valley, about five to ten minutes mm-hmm. from here, um, who makes a lot of hops for some larger commercial breweries and also smaller breweries like us, uh, and also Hop Products Australia, which is in your Robin. Um, but anyway, we are very, very lucky. It's the perfect area for growing hops, and mm-hmm. so we get to source hops very uber-locally during um, the hop harvest. We get to create beers with hops that are taken directly from the hop vines without being processed. Good sound. That's nice. Yes, it's um. Yeah. So this beer is now a couple of months old. Um, however, it has been kept chilled, so it'll still taste magnificent. Uh, this is the Galaxy hop, um, which I'm not sure I'm allowed so to talk about. Who else uses Galaxy? It's one of the big. Stoneham would use a lot of Galaxy in their okay. Pacific Ale, I believe, is where um, the main fame of it came from. But it is also their most um, uh, used and renowned hop. Um, uh, from Australia anyway, they have pop farms around the world yep. um, and I think my understanding is most of the galaxy does get consumed by international um, breweries, particularly in, in the States I right. think there's a, a bigger business over there um, they've doubled the uh, I can't talk perfectly um, uh, on the numbers, uh, yeah. not working for HPA, but they've basically doubled the galaxy hop production over the last couple of years because they Gee. just can't keep up with demand beautiful hop that gives like a passion fruit aroma and there's a little bit of stone fruit in there as well um, with the hops not being put through the kiln, uh, hammer milled and turned into pellets, we get some really unique aromas as well. There's like a candied orange um, and that permeates through into the flavour too. So every year I create two of these um, wet hop beers as we call them mm-hmm. um, and I pick two varieties of hops from the local area and then there's all that goes into this beer is a very base pale ale um, and topped up with these um, very fresh uh, local hops. So. I'll try to pour with this microphone. Yeah, it um, will be most intriguing. I'll, I'll Left-handed as well, which is not yeah. my strongest. Oh, you're doing a good job. <laughs> uh, uh, so we're, this is a 6% pale ale, um, basically whirlpooled with galaxy hops. There we go. What does that mean, whirlpool? Uh, so right at the end of the boil, I don't put them in for uh, any bitterness whatsoever. We'll get some perceived bitterness from the, uh, from the hop content. Um, but they're put in right at the end so that we extract the aroma and the flavour compounds without um, without destroying them and creating bitterness. So you can tell straight away that passion fruit mm. characteristic. It's a pretty so refresh, very refreshing drink, that one, isn't it? And it's, um, the Galaxy uh, Wet Hop, which is, we're totally sold out of, so don't try to um, don't jump on our website <laughs> and go to buy it right now because we're out. Um, but next year we'll, we'll have another one. So you can only make it once when that's it's right, in season. That's right, harvest time. Yeah, that's wow, correct. Okay. Um, which would bring me to my next beer, which would be our fig porter. So uh-huh. I make a robust English porter that I we we have figs. When you drive in the driveway at the brewery, there's all these fig trees just on your right hand side, um, and I take all those figs and I ferment on top of them uh, this robust English porter so you get a dark beer with some earthiness from the figs most of the sweetness is fermented out um, but yeah lovely mm. lovely use of, of figs it's dry isn't it that the galaxy yeah so the the, the dryness is a, um, a part of the brewing process and how the um, beer's been made but the oil content in the hop as well sort of sticks to your tongue and yeah. gives a bit of additional perceived dryness so can you 
um, can you make a range of different beers using Galaxy hops? Yes, so yeah. um, any, any hop can be used in any beer. Um, you uh, use combinations of hops to come up with different flavour profiles. Yeah. Um, you Certain hops have a very powerful um, uh, uh, specific profile, like Galaxy for, for passion fruit, so if you want to add that in with other hops, it'll give it more sort of tropical uh, aromatic, then you can combine those hops. Right. Um, but the, the, the star is that passion fruit that you really want to come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I brew red IPA, has Galaxy uh, hops in it, also has a hop from the States called Citra, which is very um, well regarded, which is a high sort of um, citrus orange characteristic. Um, blends very, very well with the with the passion fruit. Is um, the red is the red actually is that a colour? Yeah, that's the colour. That's the colour. Right. So um and red I so IPAs I, I tend to stay away from the Uber hoppy varieties, which is funny seeing as though we're in hop country. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's more that my idea of our beers is to be elegant but approachable. So I try to make them um really well balanced, uh, so there's not too much flavour that's um, over, overriding other flavours. Which an IPA can do. Which an you. IPA can really do, but that's yep. why I've gone down the path of the red IPA, because there's a really nice malt balance in there. So it's a chewy, um, uh, uh, bready, malty goodness. Let's see if I can do something here. I'll have to just quaff that, sorry. <laughs> this time I'll go right-handed, so I don't... So I'll, I'll tilt that again yeah. for you. Thank yep. you. Um, so yeah, we're talking with with Nathan Munt from King River Brewing. So you you um you have your, your tap room here, but you also sell packaged beer into in stores, and and then you've got beer on tap at a lot of venues as well. Uh, we've got beer on tap at a few venues. I wouldn't say I'd love, love some more. Um, we have a pretty small production at the moment, so we've uh, got a pretty small berth of. Um, uh, uh, customers, particularly in the tap market. We had more customers down in Melbourne before COVID and um, we will probably increase that, but I couldn't really tell you where to go get our beer at the moment in Melbourne, except for Notting Hill Hotel um, uh, and Otter's Promise in Armidale, mm -hmm. um, who actually have our Doppelbock on tap at the moment, which is incredibly nice dark lager. Yeah, very close to our place, actually. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, so just around the, uh, uh, the corner there in, is it High Street? Yeah, it's High right Street, on High yep. Street, yep. Um, uh, Dan does a great job there and always has an eclectic uh, range of beers on tap and uh, has a super enormous variety of beers in his fridge and they've been great supporters of us actually. Notting Hill uh, would be good, That's a, they'd be a more, more, more beer than just yeah. any pub in they, Australia. They used to uh, buy a lot of our red IPA actually. And um, So we, uh, we probably need to give everyone your website because we're, we're ah, yes. sort of coming to, uh, to the end uh, of our broadcast which has been amazing. So, uh, so King River Brewing, yep. uh, when you're up in the valley you've got to go. Yeah, go and get a pizza, get there. Um, check out everything on the website because uh, as you can you can buy it, you can find yep. stockists and all that sort of thing. And uh, that's right. We've uh, got all that info there. We've also got a subscription uh, that you can get beer delivered every quarter, which has become quite popular um, over so the last year, as you could imagine. Yeah, so www.kingriverbrewing.com.au. Awesome. Check us out. That's awesome. Thanks, for Nathan Munt, thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks for the Nathan. beers. That's a nice way to finish the show. Yeah. Um, just a shout out to James McLeod for sitting in the studio. Thank you for your help and Greg King and, uh, and also Tim. Uh, thanks guys. We couldn't do this without you back there.